Is it recording? The red button? Yeah, okay. Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Okay, so... Have we finished Alaya Consciousness? We are... We stopped here, right? <laughs> so... So we have gone through the three features, san xiang, yeah, san xiang. The, so three features, three aspects of the alaya consciousness. Uh, so a bit of recap. The the three are zi xiang, guo xiang, ying xiang. Mm. So zi xiang is referring to the uh, the eighth consciousness as alaya, yeah, as storage. Yeah, so there is the the opposing nen shuo, yeah, which I I think I, I wrote down for your. Is this the one? Why is this here? So the uh, the two opposing pairs, which is uh, uh, common in Yogacara school, the actor or the doer versus the recipient. Yeah, nen shuo. Oh. So. 一个能所，哦，能所。嗯，所能长所长，还有直长。So yeah, this, this is all part of uh, the self nature or the specific nature. Yeah, uh, specific to what? Specific to the eighth consciousness, as the storage consciousness. Specific in the sense that uh, the other consciousness. Number uh, the first one to the number seven does not have this uh, feature. Oh. Then besides the its its feature as storage, nenchang uh, chang There's also the guo xiang, which is the um, the ripening of. <coughs> Uh, the ripening of uh, the being responsible for the ripening, yeah, uh, which is uh, in the Yogacara school, what is responsible for all our existence, yeah, responsible for all our existence. Mm. Then, as the cause itself, yeah, it stores the seeds itself, 
uh, and in fact, it is the seed itself. So, so that's the causal feature. Yeah, that's the fruition feature. Then that's the causal feature. So these three collectively together yeah, describe the alaya consciousness. Uh, some students have asked uh, before, like, okay, so what is the purpose of knowing about the alaya consciousness? <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you all seen your Allah consciousness before? Never. Yeah. Uh, before attending the Dharma classes, whether this Dharma class or other ones, uh, do you all know that there's Allah consciousness? Don't know also. Yeah. So, mm, uh, what is the purpose of knowing about the Allah consciousness? Yeah. Uh, in the first lesson, first and the, probably the second lesson, yeah, uh, we have covered the development of uh, Yogacara school in India. Yeah, uh, this school didn't start in China. Yeah, it started in India. So it follows the Madhyamika school. Remember, yeah. So in the Buddha's time. There's no distinct uh, Madhyamika teachings, no distinct uh, Yogacara teachings. When I say no distinct, I'm saying we are not saying that those teachings don't exist. Yeah, that oh these are fabrications that came later, but rather uh, in the Buddha's time, these teachings were already found in the teachings given by the Buddha. Uh, but the Buddha didn't explicitly. Uh, Take this out and then establish it as a school. Yeah, after all, there's one teacher and there's only one school. Yeah, uh, the Buddha called his teachings Dharma Vinaya. Yeah. So everything that he teaches Dharma Vinaya, no Yogacara, no Madhyamika, no this, no that. Yeah. So the nascent form uh, of this teaching, such as the example uh, or the metaphor of the seed. I've mentioned before, uh, can be found in the Anguttara Nikaya. Yeah? Descriptions of karma can be found throughout the Pali Canon also. Uh, even Madhyamika school teachings, yeah, emptiness, uh, you can find explicit examples given by the Buddha um, and the way he analyzes it, yeah? the way he, he asks questions back and forth, Dissecting uh, a bullock cut yeah, is exactly what you would see in the uh, treaties, the commentaries by uh, Venerable Nagarjuna, yeah, which is the, the basis and the cornerstone of what we call Zhongguan, yeah, Madamika school. So uh, I mentioned about how uh, the Madamika school serves to uh, lead the practitioners. Yeah, um, post Buddha's time, yeah, lead them away from the extreme views of uh, eternalism and annihilism. Yeah, uh, with the teaching on dependent arising and emptiness. Then, uh, sometime later, uh, there are those who understand emptiness and take it to the maxim. 
Yeah. So because in Madamika school it says it declares that uh, all things are in uh, are empty of self nature. Everything. So some people may say that oh this is a bit too extreme. Uh, but if you recall the three universal characteristics, the last one, the first one is Sabbe Sankara Anichati. All conditioned phenomena is impermanent. Second one is Sabbe Sankara Dukkati. Yeah? All conditioned phenomena is are suffering yeah? or subject to suffering. The last one is not Sankara, is Sabbe Dharma. Anatati. So all phenomena. The last one is applying to all phenomena. The first two is only apl- applied to conditioned phenomena. Yeah, so um, the uh, in a way, the declaration in the Madamika school is not something that is out of the blue. Yeah, because um, the this teaching that all phenomena is empty uh, is actually, uh, in a way, a further clarification of the statement that all phenomena is no self. No self is another word for no self nature. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so far so good. Yeah. Uh, but then <laughs> uh, post Nagarjuna period. Then there are those who who misinterpret this, yeah, and say that since all phenomena, in other words, every single thing is empty, and empty is void, then everything is void, then karma is void, morality is void, right and wrong is void, yeah. So they they equate in this way, and <laughs> leading to a wrong view instead, yeah. Uh, it's supposed to lead to lead to the arising of the wisdom of emptiness and from there non-attachment. Yeah? Uh, because once you can see that all things are dependent arising and empty of self-nature, then you realize that whatever you grasp onto uh, is actually, you, you cannot grasp onto it. Yeah? Because it is all, it doesn't have any inherentness for you to grasp onto. But those, uh, there are those who understand it wrongly to equate it to nothing. Yeah. Uh, last weekend at the uh, last weekend at the Heart Sutra workshop on Sunday, so one student uh, asked this question as well. He's because uh, in Chinese we like to be brief, uh, so we just say uh, that this is kong, that is kong. Yeah, but when we say kong, it is actually kong uh, yeah, that is empty of self nature, yeah, empty of inherent nature, inherent characteristic, intrinsic characteristic. That is what is empty of. But when we shorten it, when we say table is empty, sufu is empty, the classroom is empty, huh? Classroom is empty. But there are so many people here. How can we say that the classroom is empty? So, uh, so, 
in many of the Heart Sutra classes, students would raise this question. Uh, even though we uh, repeatedly highlight that empty doesn't mean nothing exists. Empty just means that the inherent nature don't exist. Yeah. Mm. So as a result, the entity do exist, but exists in a very intricate composition depending on the conditions. Yeah. So once the conditions change, that entity that we call A would cease to exist. This is the proper understanding. Uh, but even until today, yeah, when we have 10 lessons, uh, 10 lessons after repeated explanation of this, there will still be someone who will raise their hand and say, Hey, Shifu, so I don't understand. So how can we say that everything is empty? Empty means nothing, then everything is nothing. <laughs> yeah, so this seems to be a recurring trend. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm very uh, thankful and grateful that students will actually ask. Because if they don't ask, and they bring this away from the class, that is actually a wrong view. Yeah. Uh, this tendency to interpret it in that way is so, so strong that um, in some texts it actually says that uh, the speaker, the teacher of emptiness should not... Uh, should not just teach everybody emptiness because there will be those who cannot understand emptiness and they will go bewildered, they will go crazy, <laughs> they will be stricken with fear yeah? or they will be stricken with doubt. Yeah? Yeah. They either sort of understand and then they are frightened off or they will be doubtful and, question and, mar- and find that it's, it's ridiculous. Then there'll be those who simply equate everything to nothing. Yeah. So in light of that, uh, among other reasons, then Yogacara school was established. Yeah. Uh, most would agree that uh, Venerable Nagarjuna uh, formally uh, formalized the what we call Mahayana. Yeah. Although the principle of Mahayana did not start with him, but is said to have start uh, is is part of Bodhisattva path and Buddhahood. Yeah. But the Mahayana teachings yeah, is formalized uh, with uh, Nagarjuna. Yeah. Just as the truth that the Buddha discovered did not start with him, yeah, but has always been the way it is. Noble Eightfold Path is not invented by him, yeah, but all Buddhas walk the Noble Eightfold Path, teach the Noble Eightfold Path. Four Noble Truth is not created or designed by the Buddha. He was merely a discoverer of it. Yeah. Of course, when we say merely, it's a very big merely. Uh, yeah. Very important merely. Without he merely discovering it, we have no Buddha Dharma. Yeah. But this Four Noble Truth and Eightfold Path is something that all Buddhas have walked. Yeah. So he called this path the, the lost path of legacy, yeah, the, the trail of the noble ones. So similarly for Mahayana. Yeah. Uh, then um, in, in the midst of that, uh, Yogacara was started by uh, or established formally by 
Venerable uh, Basbandu and Venerable Asanga, yeah, which I've covered before. So the the one of the intent was to establish firmly <coughs> and to dispel those wrong views, yeah, that equates karma with nothing. Yeah, to dispel that wrong understanding and wrong view. Uh, so the phrase that I've been reciting since day one. Yeah, so by now some of you may be able to memorize it. Uh, uh, so this verse uh, basically states that uh, since beginningless time, yeah, since beginningless time, the all that all things, all phenomena, equally depends on uh, on something, which is implicitly over here, yeah, never mentioned, yeah, but depends on this, and because of this, uh, <coughs> there is all the different realms, yeah, all the different five destination. And also, uh, enlightenment is possible. So, uh, this is known none other than the Alaya consciousness. Yeah. Uh, there are many names for it. We call it the Alaya consciousness. We call it the Eighth consciousness. Uh, in some talks, we call it the Mind Stream. Yeah, the Mind Stream. We also call it Sing uh, Tian, the 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 heart field. Yeah, the heart field or the mind field. Uh, to call it mind field actually comes uh, the 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 linkage is from the Pali Canon. Yeah, in the Pali Canon, the Buddha referred to to the mind like a field. Yeah, in many sutras, in one sutra there was this farmer uh, who who criticized the Buddha, saying that yeah. Uh, you don't do any work. You and your monks don't do any work. Yeah. Uh, what is the basis for you to uh, receive any food? Yeah. You, so, you know, sometimes people look at monastics, the sangha, and like, ah, yeah, what do you all do? So it's not a recent thing, <laughs> even in the Buddha's time. <laughs> yeah. So this farmer talked to the Buddha in that way. Then the Buddha replied, referring to the mind, the minor, uh, like a field. So the Buddha told him, um, just as you plough the field, and then you water the crops, and from there you have harvest, likewise, we, we, we plough our mind. Yeah? We water the crops. Yeah? The, the, we water the seeds in our mind. And then in due time, we harvest. So he used the the field as a metaphor for the mind, <coughs> yeah, and then the cultivation as ploughing and so on, yeah, or ploughing as cultivation rather. Yeah. So all these descriptions has its roots tracing back to the Pali Canon. Actually. Yeah. So um, for for someone who wants to attain Buddhahood. 
then of course you need to know this. Huh? <laughs> uh, do you see yourself potentially attaining Buddhahood? <laughs> Why not, right? Since since you are spending so much time on Dharma classes, myself go for Buddhahood. <coughs> But in fact, <coughs> even before uh, we talk about Buddhahood, um, knowing about the Allah consciousness can give us a certain framework as well. Yeah, uh, the description uh, of this mechanism can help us have a better understanding of how different different practices actually come into play. Yeah, for example. <coughs> Uh, for those who meditate, sometimes we may have the question, I meditate every day, yeah, or every now and then. But sometimes I have good sitting and sometimes I don't have good sitting. But I can't seem to find any differences yeah, in the way I sit. Mm. Yeah? It's true, isn't it? On some days when you sit, you seem to sit very well. On some days, not so well. Yeah? And for most people, if one day when you sit and suddenly the mind is very quiet, then very likely you will start to wonder, hey, oh, what's the difference today? Huh? Hmm. Hey, is it the is it because this is a new place? Or maybe it's this cushion. Next time when I come back I must get back the same cushion. <laughs> yeah? Or maybe it's this sufu. Wow, today Sufu did some must have done something. Maybe he jiatsu me or something. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but in many cases, uh, sometimes sometimes it does matter that as far as the environment is concerned, sometimes maybe our <coughs> mind is calmer. Yeah. But many times, many times it is the effect of our accumulation of the samadhi seed, if you will. Yeah. Each time when we sit, uh, when we so-called have a not-so-good sitting, <clears throat> how do you all feel when you have a not-so-good sitting? Only billing has not-so-good sitting. The rest all, what, not good? Every time good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure sometimes we have sittings where maybe you have a lot of thoughts, yeah, if, as much as you try, yeah, thinking, 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 then you count one, two, three, then don't know go go until you know next year you know the story, then suddenly you hear someone, uh, someone close the door, then you come back, yeah. Uh, or sometimes you're drowsy, sometimes your leg is painful, and sometimes you're wondering how come Sufu never strike the bell. When is he going to strike the bell? <laughs> all kinds of thoughts. Huh? Uh, so, when all that happens, we tend to think, I, uh, I wasted my time today. Or, I, uh, maybe I'm not cut up for this. I, uh, maybe the method doesn't work. I, uh, maybe because Sufu don't know how to teach me. <laughs> I better go and look for an arahant to teach me. 
I better go and look for Sayadaw uh, uh, or Ajahn or Rinpoche or some, you know, someone who, uh, who can teach me. Uh, but in fact, uh, if you look at the, the suttas, the, the Buddha just teach the same thing repeatedly again and again, you know. Yeah. In very rare cases, does he give explicit instructions to individuals? Yeah. When people come to ask him, what are the five aggregates? He he's repeat the same thing. Ten person come, ten person he repeat the same thing. Maybe for a for a prince he may give examples specific to him, but he's explaining the same thing. Yeah, in more or less the same way. And this is something that I find uh, both as a, if I can use the word teacher, yeah, or as a monk, and also as a learner of the Dharma, uh, very humbling. Because as a, as a so-called, as a Dharma teacher, uh, or Dharma speaker, sometimes, sometimes people, when they come and attend the class, they may say, Sufu, you're having hard to try this year. Is it the same as last year? <laughs> yeah. Sufu, are you having meditation this year? Is it the same, huh? Sometimes they want it to be the same because they didn't catch they catch no ball last year. And once they catch a bit of ball, then they, they want to see whether there's any new material this year. So I I've been like Hasutra I've been covering for ten years already. Uh, this particular commentary, this the third time. Uh, I hope that eventually every single time I teach it should be the same. Yeah. So some students really ask me, you know, Sutra, is it the same? I say, yeah, same. So far, the truth haven't changed yet. <laughs> so I, I shouldn't change it. Yeah. I may give different examples. Like I usually just use laksa. I mean, it works, it works, you know. I mean, if you cannot get it, you cannot get it. If I give you too many complicated examples, it will just make you feel very good, like you have a lot of knowledge, but... You, you still don't understand the concept, you don't understand the concept. Yeah. So, <clears throat> similarly for, for meditation, yeah, whether you attend here or there, or, yeah, maybe in terms of techniques, different schools may have slightly different techniques. Yeah. But when we sit, do sitting, uh, even for the so-called not-so-good sitting, as long as we are putting in effort, unless you you go there and you don't put in effort at all, yeah, there are thoughts. Then you just let your thoughts go well, and there are doubts, and you just entertain your doubts and not overcome your doubts, yeah. Or you spend the whole the whole day sitting there, then complaining like, what like that, what like that, what like that. And then then I can't help. Nobody can help you. But if you sit there, and when there are thoughts. You are aware of the thoughts. You put in effort to quell the thoughts and pull it back. Do you succeed immediately? You don't. Then the thoughts come again. We will quell again. Thoughts come again and you quell again. The thoughts come ten times, you you bring it back ten times. It comes a hundred times, you bring it back a hundred times. A thousand times. Three thousand times. Five thousand times. 
one, uh, I was going to say one thousand times, <laughs> ten thousand times. Each time when you bring the mind back, you are planting a seed. Each time when you feel drowsy and you struggle, struggle and you not. The, the key thing is you are, you struggle. Uh. <laughs> if you just ah, <laughs> uh, then you are planting a. You are also planting seed. You are planting a different seed. <laughs> you are planting the sleeping seed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, with this understanding of of the mechanism, then it should give us a hint. Even when you are doing your cultivation and you are not succeeding yet, don't worry, that is the cultivation. It's just like someone who is swimming. Does it mean that um, for all the lessons, before the person is able to swim, he wasn't doing anything? No, he was doing something, right? He's, he looks like he's struggling, drinking water, struggling, drinking water, struggling. But that is conditioning his motor skills. Yeah? And of course, from the yoga trial standpoint, is planting the seeds for swimming. <laughs> yeah? Then, when you have reached a certain point, yeah, critical mass, yeah, to use a modern term, when you reach critical mass, then suddenly on that day, or in that swimming lesson, two hours, then suddenly halfway through, eh, 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 I'm swimming. Eh, what, what did I do? <laughs> yeah? And usually, you know, swim halfway, then panic. Eh, so excited. Then, eh, I'm swimming. Then, and then drowning again. <laughs> yeah? And it's, it's almost exactly like meditation. You know? Suddenly, eh, then they, eh, eh. I, I need no, not much thoughts more. Not drowsy, leg is not painful. Eh, oh. Then you start to wonder, what do I do right? Then the moment you start to wonder, not, not meditating anymore. <laughs> yeah? But if you keep on doing it repeatedly, uh, then you plant new seeds again. Plant new seeds, plant new seeds, plant new seeds. And then up to some point, it reaches fruit. Not, not the full fruition, uh, but reach a step. Uh, then you experience some bliss. Then it build on top of that, you continue the effort. Yeah. The same for Dharma class. Yeah. The same for Dharma class. Today attend, tomorrow attend, don't know. Yeah. Some students, when they attend the classes I conduct, and then they tell me, Oh, Sifu, oh, your explanation is so clear. Then, but there are some students who, Sifu, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I often, I'm more concerned about those who tell me that they understand. Yeah. And they tell me that, oh, my explanation is very clear. I'm actually more concerned about that. Uh, I'm, I'm also concerned about those who cannot understand, but I'm concerned in a different way. I'm concerned about those who tell me that my explanation is very clear because they may attribute wrongly their understanding solely to me. Then it's wrong understanding. So I often highlight to them, especially for Heart Sutra class, that today you finally understand do not think that it's because of Sufu. I'm just part of the conditions. Do not think, and, and some of them do tell me, saying that, oh, 
I will attend all your classes from now on. Last time I attend other classes, don't tell you which which sifu are, but really do not understand what they're talking about. <laughs> so I, I have to really <coughs> highlight to them, no, don't think in that way. It is because of all the lessons you have attended in the past that today my lesson makes sense to you. That, that's, that's really how it is. I'm not trying to be humble. I'm not humble. No. <laughs> I'm just stating it as a matter of fact. Yeah. Nothing to be humble or, or, or proud of. <clears throat> the truth is the truth. Uh. The cloud the cloud is not... If you ask the cloud, it eh, cannot. Uh. Once it rains, it disappears. For uh. example. Yeah, but basically, nothing to be humble about. The truth is the truth. Yeah. So... But if you cannot understand, also not my fault, you haven't accumulated enough <laughs> I mean, I teach to my best ability, yeah. I, I'm a person who can only be faulted for giving too much examples. Yeah. So this is in brief, yeah. Why understanding this mechanism is helpful. Yeah. It can give us that uh, perseverance. And also to as a reminder that don't think oh only when I'm I'm having results then I'm cultivating. Even when you're not having good results, you're also cultivating. Now there's a third part, uh, which is <clears throat> when you wake up in the morning and you read newspaper, you're also cultivating. You're cultivating worldly seeds. When you, when you, uh, how many of you read newspapers nowadays? How many of you? Just to scan through the headline. Uh. Yeah. The rest, uh, it's very common. I mean, not that you're buds, you know. <laughs> yeah, but because nowadays most of us get our news from our phone. Yeah. Uh, there was a period of time I would actually scan through the newspaper to look for advertisement. <laughs> yeah, because online the advertisement is sometimes quite junk. <laughs> so imagine when you walk through the MRT, you get a flyer. Yeah, you look through it. You flip a magazine. You go to Facebook. Yeah. Uh, when we say cultivating, we usually think about the wholesome parts. Yeah, that is cultivating cultivation, cultivating. But even when you are not doing wholesome deeds, you are cultivating. Because the other consciousness is neither wholesome nor unwholesome. Whatever you interact with, it plants a seed. Good and bad, it helps you capture. You know, our in recent years, there's the car cam, right? Uh, then, I think there's a website called the road.sg or something. Uh. That has a lot of funny, not funny, uh, sorry. Sometimes quite harrowing videos. Yeah, sometimes of all those horrible drivers. Actually, before that is invented, from the Buddhist standpoint, we have our own uh, sentient camp. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you see, hear, smell, taste, touch, and think about is captured. Captured, but the imprint varies <clears throat> depending on how much you are involved in it. Yeah, 
how much mental and energy and effort you plant in it. So they should give us a reminder. Yeah. Uh, it supports and reinforces the classical teaching about avoiding evil, doing good and purifying our mind. Yeah. So avoid planting evil seeds. Plant wholesome seeds. But in the end you must purify all the seeds. Later on, <clears throat> I will share with you all the, the Yogacara view about doing confession in Buddhism. Yeah. But before that, let's come back to the text. Huh? So, Zi Xiang Si Zi Ti Yi Zai San Zong Zhang Zong Zi Zhang Yi De Guo Si Zui Zong So Yi Yi Ala Ye 显示第八的志向，是约是特约执障意而说的。So this uh,志向, the self nature, if you will, or unique nature, yeah, the nature that is unique to alaya consciousness or the eighth consciousness. So um,志向是自体意。so it is uh, basically the essence of the eighth consciousness, yeah, zi the essence of the body, yeah. Uh, <coughs> and within the three descriptions, yeah. So within this this zi uh, xiang, this self nature, uh, there are three different aspects, yeah. 能障所障 and 执障 yeah, the 执障 that means our how we are unwittingly attached to all the things we have done we have experienced yeah, the imprints think about our own life of course we cannot remember our past life uh. <laughs> but as far as our life is concerned that we can remember we are attached to our experiences, yeah, we are attached to our, our both our active part of the mind and also the dormant part, the the past memory, if you will. Yeah, some people equate that to memory. So here, <coughs> it is this aspect of uh, sentient beings' uh, tendency to be attached to it, yeah, as self, as me as who we are. So this is the the most uh, prominent one. Here it highlights that this is a this is a thought. uh, So thought in a sense that (laughs) it's because of this that we are stuck in samsara. Because of this that we are stuck in samsara. So this this is actually the the key feature of uh, the alaya, yeah. uh, as a storage and also as as that which we are attached to. Yo in the Bashi the Ziti Sang Gio San Adio Ingo Ai. So uh, as far as this uh, Allah consciousness as storage, there is the dual role of 
cause and effect. Yeah. Uh, it can produce the, the results and it, can, it is also the cause. Yeah. And I've uh, mentioned before, uh, in terms of the results, there are two layers of results. Yeah, that is not apparent from the text here. One is, when we plant the seed, uh, our intent, our mind, uh, discriminating things, making decisions, then it plants the seed. The seed is the result. Yeah. Then, when the seeds ripen, then the seeds is the cause. Yeah. So the other consciousness function both as the uh, cause and the result. Yeah. Then there's another layer of result, which is the realms that is manifested, yeah. our existence that is manifested. <coughs> so, so, uh, so this description of the differences between the the different aspects of the Allah consciousness is from this commentary. The establishing of uh, Yugachara yeah, or consciousness only. Uh, this is another commentary. Uh, Buddhism has has a lot of commentary. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So, the last part, Sun Wei. So, three phases. The, the three phases of the uh, Alaya Consciousness. Previously, we talked about the, the fa- different phases, the three phases of the mind. Yeah, the tainted mind. Yeah. Here we talk about the alaya consciousness. Uh, earlier, the the verse that I quoted states that the alaya consciousness is the mechanism, yeah, the the support for all things, including the various destinations and realms, including the uh, even enlightenment. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Uh, here we talk about how since beginningless time, yeah, from the stage where we are unenlightened uh, to the point where we are enlightened, the different stages of enlightenment, this Allah consciousness uh, plays different roles. Yeah? And in some ways, it transforms. Yeah, it transforms. Oh, let's take a look. This is the yeah, so from uh, for sentient beings, we all have other consciousness. Yeah, but from the point when we are sentient beings, when we are unenlightened sentient beings, all the way to the point of Buddhahood, yeah, there are three stages. Yeah, so the first one is, 我爱执执障现行为. So this is. Uh, by now we should be familiar yeah, what I've men- just mentioned uh, where there is this attachment the mind being attached to the Allah consciousness the seeds and everything uh, uh, as me, as self yeah. so this is when is this? this is when we are unenlightened and all the way up to the point before Arahanhood uh, before uh, what is that? 
stage 7. Yeah, before stage 7. Mm. So in the text here, in the text here, uh, it is not apparent. Yeah, but in other Yogacara texts, then this is clearly established. Oh. So here, uh, actually it's here, Chiti Yichen. That's a two here, cancel out one. So previously I already explained to you all the learner, right? Have I explained to you all learner? I have. Uh, mm. So the learner, non-learner. We are the neither learner nor learner. Yeah. Neither learner nor non-learner, sorry. Neither learner nor learner. <coughs> so, uh, uh, so this yi referring to sentient, the unenlightened sentient beings. Chong wu shi lai, since beginningless time. Chen wei ala ye. So, uh, this eight consciousness uh, for all sentient beings since beginningless time, all the way up to even when they are enlightened, is still called alaya. Yeah, uh, it's still called alaya. Up to <coughs> the point where, uh, to give some reference, uh, uh, just before arahanthood. Mm. Yeah, just before arahanthood. Why? Because just before. Before they attain arahanthood, uh, the rebirth is still driven by, uh, to some degree, the the, the tendencies, yeah, the defilements, still driven by the karmic seeds, the karmic imprints. Yeah. The difference is, for us, it is full swinger. <laughs> for us, uh, whatever seeds we have, is ready to ripen, and depending on what kind of defilements is active, then the different seeds will ripen. So for enlightened ones, uh, actually with with the explanation of coming seeds is very beautiful. So we all have wholesome and unwholesome seeds ready to ripen. Yeah? So um, for the Sotapana, Sakatagami, Anagami, stream enterer, once returner, none returner, uh, they eat each of them have removed different fetters. Yeah. Fetters are different uh, mental obstructions. Yeah. Uh, different yeah, mental obstructions that binds us to uh, samsara. Prevents us from uh, being free. Yeah. Hence called fetter. Yeah, it binds you. So, um, for because of the different uh, degrees of release, so uh, they are no longer uh, triggering the differences. So once you have reached Sotapanna, you no longer trigger the lower realm seed. So the seeds are still there, but the the mind is not default enough to trigger those seeds. Even if uh, spontaneously. Uh, for sotapanna, they may have, they may give rise to sensual desire, yeah. Uh, so they they will still be reborn in in the human realm, yeah, or heavenly realms in the sensual desire realm, but uh, not enough to trigger the karmic seeds, the the harmful, the unwholesome karmic seeds, yeah, that were planted before, yeah, that can result in the three lower realms. <coughs> 
That's why for all Buddhists, regardless of the tradition, uh, we should strive for Sotapanna. That's the first uh, safety line. Uh, once you reach that line, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, <clears throat> but once you reach that line, uh, you may have a different view about the world. Huh? Yeah. You may have a different view about the world. Before you reach that line, you, are, you, are, you just can't wait to reach that line. And you're afraid of, uh, of a lot of things. Huh? But once you reach that line, and if you learn the, the, the more Dharma, uh, then you may find that, okay, no problem. Yeah, ready to face it. Yeah. It is like the difference between a small kid who, who, uh, who don't want to face consequences versus someone, maybe also small kid, yeah, but uh, a bit more matured. Brave to brave enough to face consequences. Mm. Enlightenment give us that courage. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. up to uh, the point before arahanthood. Yeah. So for the non-returner, they don't return back to the sensual desire realm. Not because the Buddha don't let them come back, you know. Uh, not because of that, but because their mind no longer uh, is no longer preoccupied with sensual desire. Yeah, they have removed sensual desire out of that dictionary. Mm. So, uh, one way to understand this is uh, when you go to the national library, there may be certain books that you often read. Yeah, like some of you may may be into uh, novels. Then novels, there are different types of novels. There are the romance novel, yeah, vampire novel. Yeah. Then there's the fantasy novel. There's detective, thriller, and so on. Then there are those who read this, but they sometimes also read um, those novels that is like more comedic yeah, in nature. Then there are those who read... Um, uh, Technical books, yeah, references. There are those who go in to read magazines. Yeah. So in a way, the li- a library, library, ma, library, ma, yeah, it's like our ally consciousness. Yeah, we have planted a lot of different books inside, you know. Yeah. So it depends on the kind of your your mood that day. Then you go in and <coughs> get different books. Uh, so for the for those who are enlightened, they also have a lot of chaplang book inside. But they don't go go to that section anymore. <laughs> then for arahants, arahants, you know what happened? Decided to not read anymore. <laughs> uh, arahants, they are just finishing their last book. Yeah, yeah, and they realize that hey, they don't have to read the book also. Yeah. Uh, they just finished the last chapter. Okay, got it. But in fact, our our library is very different from the normal library, because the normal library has books that are static. For hours, each time you take out a book, then you write new pages. And we are always writing new books inside. Yeah, 
Our life, every single day, every single moment, is a fresh sheet yeah, that we write and we save into our library of books. Whether it is a happy book or a sad book, from a from a dharma point of view, yeah, uh, it's really up to us. Yeah, really up to us. So if you can consistently keep on planting the wholesome wholesome books, wholesome seeds, uh, then eventually there's so much wholesome wholesome seeds, wholesome books that you anyhow go inside and grab, you also grab a wholesome book. Uh, so this is the underlying mechanism for Yugachara uh, view of cultivation. You plant so much wholesome seeds that you anyhow wake up in the morning, it's also wholesome seeds coming out. Someone scold you, your response is also wholesome seeds because you cannot find unwholesome seeds. Yeah, I have read. Uh, there's this uh, account between the Buddha and Venerable in that account, in that sutta, there's no explicit mention about alaya consciousness, but there's a there's a link there. So uh, one day, Venerable Ananda had some dreams that is quite, quite like odd. So he asked the Buddha, "How is it that there's still, you know, why why am I having such dreams?" Yeah. In the, even in the day, I don't entertain such thoughts. How can you know, such dreams arise? So the Buddha told him that those particular dreams, not all dreams, are, but those particular dreams that he had, are actually in a way like a premonition of future events to come. There are other masters who also has mentioned similar uh, statements about how they, some of them have cultivated for so long that in their whole life they never ever entertain a thought of harmfulness towards another sentient being. Wow, when I when I read that I was like, wow. <laughs> huh? Can you uh, I'm not implying that you all have uh, but <laughs> think about it. We We may spend a great deal of time cleaning our face, cleaning our body, cleaning our hair. We may spend some time cleaning our house, washing our car, yeah, washing our clothes. But how much time do we spend cleaning our mind? When we have a new phone, we will buy a case, we and in fact, most of the shops will immediately, you know, either offer free of charge or they will ask you whether you want to spend another ten dollars to put the, uh, what is that uh? So no Corilla glass protector, screen protector, you know. Yeah, why? Because you want to protect it from scratches. Yeah, it's a flaw once it's scratched, ma. So, but do we put in that same level of effort? To our mind, mm. yeah. I was going to. I will just tell you anyway, but up to you to do this exercise. 
if you were to sit down and ask yourself, in your whole life, uh, can you remember the instances where you did something harmful to someone? Yeah, don't don't have to tell me or don't tell the class. Uh, please don't. <laughs> I mean, if you want to share with me and consult me, that's fine. It's confidential. Yeah, uh, but good to write it down. You know. Yeah, and then to reflect upon this. I mean, the fact that we have entertained such a thought or did something, you cannot change that already, isn't it? Yeah, but the question is, when you now look at it, um, do you regret? Do you um, recognize that it is unwholesome? Mm. Do you look at it and say, "Hey, let me let me clean this up," just as when you look at your face, your beautiful face, then you say, "Ah, oh, yeah, got one pimple." <laughs> Or you go back home, then you realize that, eh, there's a pen mark. When you see a pen mark, do you just say, okay, pen mark, leave it alone? You will immediately try to clean it off, isn't it? So similarly, if you write it down, then you clean up that mark. And if you can remember every single unwholesome thing, or just start with maybe body, speech and mind, up to you, you can start with body or speech or mind. Yeah. Then, for each one, you write it down and you clean it up yeah, by doing repentance. Yeah. And then, really clearly acknowledging that that is wrong. And then, can you imagine if, after that, it is like, it is this, exactly the same, more or less the same as our phone, you know. When it's brand new, we put in a lot of effort to take care of it. But the moment it has one scratch, I forget it lah. <laughs> Old phone already. <laughs> then I mind lah, drop. What? You know what I mean? You drop once, then it just, okay, take it easy, you know? And maybe in the same way, our human psychology, you know, if you manage to really clean, do a clean up, then you'll be more careful after that. Yeah? And then, and each time when you, when you, have uh, a thought of unwholesomeness, immediately clean it up. Immediately clean it up. So in the Buddhist monastic tradition, uh, usually immediately after a wrongdoing, we would do repentance. Yeah. Or else that very night we will do repentance. Or else if somehow conditions are not there, then in our mind we do repentance immediately. Yeah. So clean up, clean up, clean up. Very powerful practice. A very powerful practice. And it, it has that link with this teaching that we are going through. Yeah. And and again I I'm not I'm not saying that you all are all default mind with all kinds of but if you do that consistently, then one day when you're going to sleep or you wake up in the morning, then you're like when you're going to sleep you you then you start to see that Hey, the, the 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 benefits of cleaning up our mind. Yeah. When you go to sleep, hey, you just go to sleep. You know, you have no other thoughts that troubles you. Mm. 
Uh, you don't have th those thoughts. Then after that, if you, if someone kind of tell you, Buddhist practices, what is the use of it? Ah, uh, you, you you don't have to refer to some books. You don't have to ask. Hey, Shifu, how? People ask me this question. How how do I answer? You don't have to look for anybody else for an answer. You have the answer. You can look at them in the face and say, I have experienced peace that I didn't even know about. Not that our life is so unpeaceful, but then when you totally clean up your mind, then you experience a, a liberating kind of peace. Yeah? That is different from the high when you acquire something. Yeah, different. The Buddha described it like, he says, like a, like a person who has who has a lifelong debt and finally repeat the debt. Yeah. Free of debt, being debt free. Wow. Yeah, being debt free. Mm. Yeah, but don't beat yourself over it, okay? Yeah, because from this you can see that before you attain arhanhood, before you <laughs> we are bound to have all kinds of things. Huh? Yeah, so don't beat yourself over it also. Huh? Mm. So, 直到消除了人我职位的时候, 这阿拉耶的名称也就舍掉了。So, mm. once you have reached a certain stage, where you have completely removed uh, the identity view and also the ego. Yeah. The very subtle, uh, almost innate uh, attachment. Yeah. Uh, that Once that has been removed, then uh, the name of the eight consciousness also changed. Then you no longer call it the alaya consciousness. Yeah. So the second phase, San So So this I have actually drawn something here. So the the A is actually up to for Bodhisattva path will be up to stage six. Yeah. Stage seven is equivalent to Arahanhood. So then this B is actually from beginningless time. Yeah, actually is there's there's no start now. Yeah. So it's from beginningless time all the way up to this. So San so this Singgang Dao would be stage 10. Yeah. Yeah, so it includes the, the path for uh, Shravaka disciple and Pachika disciple. Yeah. Pachika path disciple. Because for them, it would terminate somewhere in between here. Yeah. They don't continue on from there. Yeah. So Arahant uh, 
here we, we are not going into the details of eh, can Arahan attain Buddhahood, okay? Uh, just consider Arahanhood as the final destination. Then for them, this second phase is up to including the Arahanhood. Yeah. So including Arahanhood. So, um, uh, so this is called vipaka. Yeah, uh, it's referring to the fruits of karma. Yeah. Vipaka is the fruits of karma. And what is the meaning? Which we have covered before. Vavrit ripening. Vavrit ripening. So, so this is the stage where they're still ripening. They're still ripening according to, uh, accordingly. Mm. But the earlier stages is also ripening, but earlier stages, there's still that attachment, that self. Uh, This part, so the two actually overlap. Huh? There's some overlap here. Okay. So, 直到无所知上位. Yeah, so, 所知上位, as I mentioned before, uh, it is, the, it is the, uh, considered to be that which the Arahans and the Pachika Buddha would have. So, we could say from stage 7, until stage 10. Yeah. Yeah, so, until even this part is gone. Yeah. That means those who have Suozizang, who have this uh, obstruction of not knowing Alaya consciousness, uh, of how all things arise, even this ignorance is removed. Yeah. In other words, they have reached stage 10. Uh. So then, what happened? Tipa shi chun san wulo. So even this name, Yishu-shi, Vipaka, once you reach that stage, then even that is also removed, the name. So I want to just explain a little bit on this Wu Lo. You Lo Wu Lo. So it, uh, recently we have, uh, when I have the translation meeting with my Dharma brother, then we spend almost one over hour deliberating over this term, You Lo Wu Lo. So in the uh, Mahana tradition, we this term itself, Yolo, is basically Asvara. So the term itself, uh, it means outflow. So the Chinese translated it correctly, yeah, Yolo, outflow. The Jains, Jains also have this same term, that is inflow. <laughs> Ours is outflow. Yeah, so. 
uh, outflow of uh, the outflow that results in defilements. So there are three kinds of outflow. The first outflow is sensual desire. Second outflow is outflow of existence. Third outflow is outflow of ignorance. Yeah. This is also translated um, by some as the three tails. The three things. Yeah. So outflow would be more literal, and then things would be more, uh, more a translation. Yeah. So in the Pali Canon, this three outflow is what conditions subsequent in ignorance. And from the ignorance, further give rise to defilements. Further give rise to defilements. And so it's actually lower. Low itself is tins and outflow. So ulo means no outflow. Yeah. No outflow. Yolo is outflow, ulo is no outflow. Uh, so once you have reached all the way to beyond this stage. Yeah, then the eighth consciousness uh, becomes totally wholesome without outflows. Yeah, without outflows. Then the name also changes. Yeah, even this vipaka don't apply. Oh, don't apply. The last aspect or last phase, yeah, is xiang xu zhi shi wei. So this Xiang Xu Wei, it is the the description of uh, that was given earlier on, yeah, about how our our existence since beginningless time, yeah, no beginning. In Buddhism, we say no beginning. Yeah. Uh, so from one existence to the next existence, there's a continuum. Yeah. This continuity, continuum, uh, is supported by the Alaya consciousness. Yeah. So this, this support of the continuum mm, uh, has always been there since beginningless time, all the way until we attain enlightenment, all the way when we reach first stage, second stage, all the way to seventh stage, all the way to stage ten, all the way until you attain enlightenment. Always there to support. Yeah, it's almost like this is the very mechanism for everything. Yeah, so this the other aspect of or the the other phase. Yeah, and this is mm, never forsaken. Yeah, never forsaken. 既从无始以来, 乃至如来敬畏来记, 
Yeah, so from beginning's time all the way until Buddhahood and to infinity and beyond. <laughs> yeah, the li le you ching wei. So even when you attain Buddhahood and you start to truly benefit sentient beings, all the while this uh, eight consciousness, yeah, this the support for this continuum, yeah, is there. Okay. Chen wei atuna adana. So this is uh, another name. <laughs> yeah, yet another name. And it describes the function of the Alaya consciousness or the eighth consciousness that supports our existence yeah, throughout life after life as a continuum. Yeah. So uh, the description is this is the interesting part about Yogacara. So our Allah consciousness or the seeds, yeah, after ripening, the eight consciousness continue to support our existence all the way until we our life span come to an end. And then the next life as it starts, again it supports it. On and on and on, perpetually. Yeah, perpetually. So, um, the interesting part is uh, in Yogacara we say even this box here is supported by Alaya consciousness. This building is supported by Alaya consciousness. So, we have this. Uh, um, so the the Yukachara view or the Buddhist view of things uh, is a bit different from our conventional view. Conventional view is there's a physical world out there, and then we happen to come along. The Buddhist uh, world view is that this world exists because of us, but not just because of you or me or him or her, but the external world exists collectively due to all our karmic ripening. What we call the collective ripening, Kong Ye. Then, among all the things, there are certain things that is specific to individuals. Yeah, Ye So then, that's where it gets very interesting. So, for example, this visualizer. This visualizer was offered by Buddhist fellowship uh, when I conducted the Heart Sutra. Yeah, so they said they want to dana me something. So, because uh, they saw me bring the big chunky one from Kong San back and forth, then they said, why don't we offer you one? Then he said, uh, which model is better? So, Sifu, they probably say, go and search for one model. So, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I choose one that is not the most expensive also. And it's very portable. So now if I were to... So they offered this. They use the money. They buy this. A lot of people build it. So a lot of conditions coming together. Then um, 
if I if I'm the sole user of this, then it is said that it is purely supported by so-called my alayak, my seeds. Yeah. But when the moment I use this, who is using it? Actually, everybody using it. Uh. Uh, so uh, doesn't drain my 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 seat so much. <laughs> so conversely, if a person were to buy something and then oh, this is mine, only I use it. Oh, <laughs> you 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 are solely responsible for it. Then if we look beyond this example, there was once I, I, I was with some friends. And then there was this friend who often travelled for work. And then he mentioned about one incident that really pissed him off. So he was really upset with the hotel staff or some arrangement. So out of or anger or something, he left all the taps running. Yeah, and turned on everything and then just left. Oh, when I heard it, I felt so sorry for him. Not not for the hotel, but also for the hotel, but more for him. Because if you look at it from this angle, uh, he may think that the ho- he wastes the hotel money, but he's, he's using up his own resources. <laughs> When you consider, okay, there are so much things in this world, uh, yeah, but if you are responsible for something in terms of the usage, yeah, or you you trigger it to become used, then you now it shouldn't become such that wow, you become super paranoid, uh, wow, this one better to use, that one better to use. <laughs> what you need to use, you should still use, yeah. But it, in a way, it changes our mindset about things. Yeah. For me, at least, it, it drastically changed my mindset. Uh, I, I no longer think of the world as having free gift. Yeah. If I go to any place and you give me something, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, conventionally it seems like you give me lah. But if I if I don't use it, I really once I take it, then it's on my account. <laughs> and if I don't use it, then <laughs> what? You know? Yeah. And then if you look look at it on the largest scheme of things, uh, you 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 start to be really cautious about how you use resources. Yeah, how you use resources. Then you realize. Nothing to to uh, to say. Oh, you take advantage of somebody. No advantage. <laughs> yeah, no advantage. Then, mm. then what about? Can you can you can you try can you, um can you use the example of a uh, taxi rides uh. that are under a company's account? Uh. So if let's say. If, 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 for instance, um, uh, after work, yes. we can take taxi home because yes. uh, because the, because the company allows you to do it. Yes. Then, but then, um, compared to 
taking the public transport, uh -huh. which is would would the the public transport one uses less resources um, the whole world, but then you are allowed to you are allowed to you don't have to yes. pay for okay. so how does that yeah so that? mm, that's a good good question and example. Uh, in a case, in many in many cases where in a corporate world, if you oh, it depends on uh, some some companies HR come up with all kinds of. <laughs> yeah, but in the case where they say, yeah, you uh, you are allowed to uh, take cabs, actually cab is public transport also. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, should you use it? Uh, so the, so it is not about whether it's not about using lesser, but using it meaningfully. Mm. About using it meaningfully. Yeah. So, for example, um, if another colleague is also going back home, and then both of you are staying in the same vicinity, uh, you may consider it differently and say. Hey, why don't we just share a cap? Yeah, and it's not, and it's no longer about oh, help companies save money, but it's about saying, well, if both of us can get home anyway, yeah, uh, why waste the resource? Mm. Yeah. So I would look at it that way. Uh, uh, if it helps you to function better, why not? Uh, have a have a better rest earlier. Uh, um, so it's, it's not always about using lesser, but about using whatever resources is available to us in a meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, my senior monk once told me this, this incident. He said that before he was a monk, uh, well, he, before he was a monk, he was an aerospace engineer. So he uh, migrated to the U.S. Um, when he was a student. So he finished his, I think did he did do his, I think he did his PhD. So, as a soft, as a aerospace engineer. So, in US is not uncommon to have your own house and everything else. Uh, but for the longest time, he lived quite a simple life. Then after encountering our our teacher, then he decided to ordain. Then, uh, he started to, you know like disperse all his um, assets and one of them being the house. And then uh, he contacted the agent, the agent looked at his place and the agent told him, you don't have a front yard and you don't have a bathtub. So the difference of the of it, of not having these facilities uh, is quite significant in terms of the selling price. Yeah, But to install all this, is margin, just marginal yeah, compared to the change in the selling price. So his the agent's recommendation was go and get somebody to do up the front yard and then install bathtub before you release it. So he did that. And then within six months, it was sold and then he became a monk. <laughs> so, so ever since then, so he, he told me, he said, ever since the encounter, he his mindset changed. He said, if it's something that you need to use, just go and get it and use it. Don't don't think, ah, I save a bit here, save a bit there. So it's not always about saving, no. 
but about using your resources meaningfully. Of course, in the case of bathtub and fanya, it's not something that you need to use or what. But his point was, in the end, <laughs> he just used the the he get to so called use the front yard and the bathtub for half a year, and then it's somebody else's. <laughs> yeah. So so it's sometimes tricky. Yeah. It's easy to just spend like there's no tomorrow. It's also easier to just be thrifty and everything also to spend. Not easy to spend wisely. Yes. Then how about our own time? Our own, own time. Uh, what about it? Like sleep late during weekend. Sleep late during the weekend. Wake up late on Sundays. <laughs> Is that a wasting time? Well, you may want to just put on your earpiece to occasionally monitor in case the the battery run out. Uh, okay. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Quick, just a second. So about about uh, about our time. Uh, if you if you realize that your our time our time is basically the ripening of our precious human life which is the result of uh, relatively wholesome karmic seeds in the past. So it's a very precious resource. <laughs> yeah, one of the most <coughs> precious resource. I learned something from, I learned many things from games actually. Yeah. How many of you play Candy Crush? <laughs> Let me assure you, Candy Crush is mostly... Many people think that it's about skill. It's mostly a little bit about skill, but a lot about your time. You're converting your time to the 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 the, the jewels. Huh? Candy Crush, what is inside? Candy, huh? What is inside Candy Crush? It's all kinds of candy, right? Yeah, you're basically transforming your time into the candy. Yeah, all games are like that. All games. Yes, most games require you to have some level of skill. But that skill is also an investment of your human life. Everything is about your human life, really. <laughs> you play games, it is about how much time you are willing to invest into it. That's why there are all those people who play games for profit, you know. Yeah, you want to play Candy Crush, if you are willing to spend $100, you can get an account that has Super high level. You go in, da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today, a, a lot of this, uh, non officially, yeah. People are selling things, you know. Minecraft. People go and mine. It's a kiddie game, right? But there are people who go and spend time to go and mine for the gold, mine for things, and then after that, sell it for real money, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now. So, games, all games, is about you transforming your precious human life, which is your positive karma, into something that is inside the game. Our life, everything in our life is also the same. <laughs> I often quote uh, my 
my late ordination teacher, but my Sushong, the the senior monk, uh, we we would um, sometimes after lunch, after I wash up the dishes and all, he will ask me to go for a walk with him, and then he will just he he's a very self-deprecating person, yeah, and then he will sometimes the way he talk, I mean maybe it's among monks ah. Maybe when they're asleep, people all oh, steady, steady. Huh? So he will sometimes joke a bit and then talk nonsense a bit. Then occasionally, oh, nuggets of wisdom come out. Yeah. Then he will tell me, Zixing, you're taking it too seriously. It's just a game. Life is a game. <laughs> I was like, what? You're taking it too seriously, man. <laughs> Life is a game. It's a game. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, KS. Uh, hang on, hang on. Hang on, uh. Uh, Quack. But before, can you quickly run over and pass Quack the mic? Then you must listen and see whether their voice is captured. Oh, battery low already. Uh. You, you were saying, uh, Alaya consciousness, uh, the, the K- it goes beyond full enlightenment. Uh. It uh, means when you enlighten already, uh, beyond that, you, you still got your Alaya consciousness. The eighth consciousness is still there, but the name Alaya is dropped already. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the eighth oh. consciousness is there always to support our existence. Oh. Yes. Even be- beyond enlightenment. Uh. Beyond enlightenment. Oh. Buddhahood and into infinity and beyond. No, pass me that pouch, the plastic, the plastic pouch in front of you. Uh. So, so, okay, like, yay. So, uh, KS, you have a question. Eh? Yeah, I pass it to Oh, then? Uh, you have to run around one. Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just talk like that. Uh, just talk like that. Uh, question on the, the recording. I have a question on the Sun Xiang, the Zi Xiang, Guo Xiang, and the Yin Xiang. So, can I understand that this, uh, uh, the karmic, karmic seed, when it ripens, uh, become the guo xiang, guo xiang. So this guo xiang is the, the, the result of the, the past ing. Right? So, and this guo, the ripens of this seed, karmic seed, become the guo, and this guo ripens and then become the ing again. Am I right? The guo come out already, uh. and uh, you will start to become the ing again. You start to become an ing. Oh, uh, is that your question? Uh, am I right to uh, clarify in this point? Is it correct? Uh, because you probably have a second question, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, yes. so the, when the seeds ripen into the results, uh, 
the results itself can trigger, can, uh, it only can, is a potential for it to trigger uh, the planting of yet future seeds. Yeah, but it's only a potential. So to just give you an illustration, um, one key thing is, uh, most of us have the idea, oh, and in fact, we usually say that, oh, you're going to ex- experience the result in future. But uh, another way to look at it is, instead of saying you will experience the fruit, we can look at it and say, we are the fruit. Yeah? yeah. Because this is the human rebirth. Yes, yes. We are the fruit. Correct. It's not that there's a we and then there's a fruit and yes, we go yes. and experience the fruit. It is that when it ripens, this is the fruit. Correct. Yeah? It, that includes the experience, uh, the feelings and everything else. Yeah? But for it to ripen, uh, the there must be discrimination and delusion and so on. Then as we experience, if we respond, if we respond to the experience, which is the fruit, we respond with greed, hatred and delusion. Then we plant new seeds again. If instead we are able to have purified our mind, then even though we experience it, we don't plant new seeds again. So this is part of the basis in Buddhism to say when we are faced with uh, painful experiences or difficult, challenging um, circumstances, we must be vigilant not to plant new seeds. Yeah, as I shared with some uh, one uh, some students, different individuals, when I counsel them. Yeah, because we all face difficulties in our life at different points of our time, of our life. Uh, not to do unwholesome deeds yeah, when we are faced with difficult situations. So that whatever no matter how much of the difficult times is influenced by past karma and how much is due to circumstances that is present and how much of it is due to our own defilements, as long as we don't go and plant new seeds, then it will be an upward trend. Regardless of how whichever factor is stronger, if each time you experience something, then you you respond with anger and so on and so forth, uh, then you plan new potentials for difficult times in future. So, uh, am I right to say, for example, if they say the, the ripening of the seed, and uh, by reacting to it, the wholesome, unwholesome intent will plant an, another new seed. Mm. But uh, how do we Radicate or totally? When you take what? Uh, radicate, I mean, uh, take out this seat uh. totally. Do not let this seat uh, or continue. The, the, the seat already blossom, ripens. So if we, if we go in the, in the technical terms of shin, yeah. 
That means it, it will be become stronger. Am I right? So, so uh, maybe maybe I wasn't so clear. When it ripens and we experience it, correct. Yeah. Uh, depending on how we respond to it, correct. If yes. we purify our mind, yes. then we don't plant any new seeds. So the the correct uh uh to correct things to do is it to purify purify our mind. Our mind. Yeah, that's why all the Buddha's teaching, the Buddha's, the the teaching of all Buddhas is, this tree, yeah, is the teaching of all Buddhas. So the last part, purify your mind. So for example, if uh, some some uh, events comes up, like for example, some uh, 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 Negative things like, for example, you gonna some, you happen to meet some uh, nasty remarks or whatever. By not reacting to it, is it uh, correct? Correct. So, I mean, uh, not reacting with anger doesn't anger. mean not responding. Uh. Uh, so, for example, someone uh, uh, make a false accusation of you. Yes. Uh, like very common at work. Yeah. Nothing happened, nothing happened. Something yes. happened then everything happened. <laughs> yeah. Then everybody boy This one has nothing to do with me. That one has that one is the other department. This one all did uh, nothing to do with my department. We already hand over yeah. But what if actually uh, the blame is being pushed to us? So when we say do not respond with Defilements. It means just that. Do not respond with defilements. It doesn't mean that you cannot respond without def- defilements. If we choose not to respond, is it also a, is it a correct way to eradicate those uh, uh, unwholesome intent to arise? Uh, to choose not to respond. Ah. I mean, we do not let our Unwholesome the uh, intent to rise, or we let don't let our uh, do not create any further action. Okay, so or, two yeah. things, uh. Correct. So your question is, uh, is it then okay or correct to when you face uh, challenging yes. situations yes. to simply don't respond? Uh, yes. So two parts here. Yeah. The first. The first part is, why do this? If the intent is to eradicate all unwholesome seeds, yes. yeah, which is a common mindset, okay. yeah, uh, well, the first thing is to become enlightened, yeah, uh, to be free of defilements, don't require you to wear out all the unwholesome seeds. Yes. So this first step is in some ways um, done or rather the first reasoning is actually slightly flawed. Slightly flawed. Because um, you don't need to do that to not plant new seeds. By stopping yourself from responding altogether you may be planting a seed also. 
wrong view seat. The seat of wrong views. Yeah. Um, so because there are okay, there may there may well be occasions where you should respond. But if you choose not to respond simply out of fear of planting new seeds, then it may not be correct also. Yeah, it's not always correct to say, oh, anything happened, I just keep quiet. That is not the Buddha's teaching. Uh, if we look at the Pali Canon, um, the Buddha explicitly highlighted that if someone were to uh, praise the Buddha or uh, disparage the Buddha, how should one respond? So the Buddha said, if you were to immediately respond towards disparage, that means then if you immediately respond with anger, the Buddha's uh, thoughts about it was very simple. He said, then it's, it's not befitting of a, of a person who says that you are my disciple. And further, when you immediately get agitated, when you hear criticism, how can you listen to what they are saying? <laughs> how can you know whether it's true or not? Yeah. But he didn't stop there. He didn't just say, oh, you should just listen and just accept it. He says, you should listen carefully to the accusations and the criticism and examine whether it is correct or not, it is true or not. If it's true, then you should admit and say that, yes, this is true. I'm wrong in this way and that way. Yeah. The context is the Buddha in the Sutta is about people accusing the Buddha or his teachings in a in a way. Okay? So in our own context, we should think about it. If it's true, we should admit. If it's not true, the Buddha says, then you should also you know speak up and say that that is not true. What you have said is not true. This instead is true. Uh, sorry, uh, so I think uh, if I not un- not wrong, uh, if I do not understand uh, understand correctly, what you are saying is that when if the things affect the mass, or this thing affect uh, a bigger bigger affect chain uh, a bigger uh, mass. For example, if you don't stand up and say and correct the certain things which is not correct. So you will affect uh, a, a, a bigger, bigger uh, inkwa, whatever. The Don't even have to talk about inkwa. Okay, uh, uh, will not affect, uh, let's say, for the wrong situation. view. The wrong view, we do not clarify. This this is wrong view, stand up and say this wrong view. You will affect a bigger mess by staying quiet. Then uh, we only maybe can only... Okay. Let's let's come back to your yes. to our real life example. Yes. If you are at work and let's say not not you are, yeah. but if some of you are at work and you are at a department meeting or some company meeting or project meeting, and something went wrong, and then other teams somehow maybe they they really try to push it to your team, yeah, or push it to you, but maybe they are flawed in their thinking so they misunderstood and thought that it's, the fault is with your side 
So if you were to just keep quiet and accept the blame, it may actually create a culture where whoever shout louder will just, you know, overrule others. But you may say, but must practice tolerance, ma? <laughs> the, so this is, this is not necessarily the correct way forward because in view of the larger scheme of things within the company or organization, um, if the accusation or the or the uh, statement is actually uh, blame pushing, so the real problem actually don't lies on your side, but it's pushed your side. Then no matter how you try, you cannot fix it this time round. And in future, no matter how you change your process on your side, you cannot prevent it from happening again. So in light of the larger picture, the right thing to do is actually to consider whether you can speak up to clarify. There may be cases where maybe the person who pushed it to you is the VP. <laughs> and in the whole meeting, he's the most, you know. So you know that no matter what you say, the person is not going to accept it. And if you say the wrong thing, you might get fired. yeah, Or he might become even more cemented on it to insist that it's your, it's your team's fault, then, sure, in this one particular case, you may want to hold your peace first. Yeah? Or, if you can find some skillful ways to highlight without making the big, big boss look stupid, <laughs> because sometimes big bosses, they can really make stupid statements. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of times at work is about how to speak wisely also. Which the Buddha, in terms of speech, also mentioned in other suttas about how one should consider whether it's truthful or not truthful. Further, even if it's truthful, you should consider whether this is the right time to speak. Further, you should consider your intent. Is it out of compassion that you speak? Further, you should consider how the other person will respond. Yeah. So, it's not always about keeping quiet. Because if you notice, the, the third factor of the Noble Eightfold Path is not no speech, but right speech. Uh, uh, so I understand uh, the content of the whole thing, but is that what I'm technically uh, asking is that this, uh, if the karmic seed ripens. Yeah, so I already answered. Yes. So there are two parts, right? The first part is, I already highlighted, it's a wrong view that you must eradicate all the seeds. Correct, begin right, with, right. Yes, that yes, is a wrong yes, view. Yes. Yeah, because Arahans, the description in the, in the teachings is, Arahans, yeah, yeah. You, you, because you, your, your question started off with saying that uh, how, to re, how to not plant any more seeds. Uh-huh. Then I verified, is it for the purpose? I asked the question why. Then is it for the purpose so that you can remove all negative seeds? Not to let the this seed to continue and then become. Uh, yeah. Continue so then I this, also this mentioned process. before you even asked yeah. the question that uh, it is possible to respond uh. in a meaningful way, in a helpful way, without perpetuating this cycle. Yes. Yeah. So we must drop the wrong view that the way to not perpetuate the cycle is. Don't see anything. 
that is not the right right speech is not no speech Understand. Yeah. so you don't want to perpetuate cycle that's fine yeah, but you must know that it is not through no speech that you don't perpetuate correct, cycle correct. Yes. because if you extend that to other karma so don't do anything don't say anything don't think anything then but uh, but that is yeah I'm glad you raised this because I'm sure some brothers and sisters may have this. Uh, it's, it's not an uncommon wrong view, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, but does, that, does it answer your question? Uh, technically, I, I see that uh, first part, <coughs> first part and the second part is totally. First part is is that it's a you know like it's it's a true it's a true it's a true. This thing will happen is happen. If you stop it, you will stop it. But the second one is is your own. I say not say it's your own. It is your your intent or it's your choice. The choice that you go and react it, and then it will it will start to turn again. The the thing will no, just start to. No, again. don't don't keep on assuming that the moment you react, then it will turn again. Understand? I mean, whether the re- reaction is that is a uh, uh, will affect uh, wholesome, unwholesome, or, or yeah, whether so, it will. But we must know that. Yeah. Our reaction don't always have to be unwholesome, correct, correct. Yes, correct, correct. Uh, but one, one time, say but you keep on saying that, so can <laughs> I keep quiet? <laughs> it, that's assuming that. Uh, that's assuming that the moment we open our mouth, that is unwholesome. Oh. It's not right. I, I don't. Know. Uh, no, I'm not saying this. Uh, huh? Okay, okay. Uh? No, because there's two parts that you explain, right? Yeah. So the I'm first part is yes. the idea that you must remove yes, all seeds. Second part is how should we go and respond? To oh, me. No, no. Sorry, sorry, I think maybe I, I go back and restart then. No, first the, what do you want to ask? Technically if we say the, the seed ripens, the technically the seed ripens, either ripen seed ripens and then we want to expire this ripen seed. Uh, either it's a wholesome or unwholesome, this thing will still continue to to plant the seed. Okay, hang on. Uh. Yes. One, two, expire the seed. You just said that. Uh. Okay. What is today's date? <laughs> so, is this one of your aim to expire the seed? Because you just said that. Uh, uh, you can still change. change. I can let you change. Do you want to change it? Yeah, yeah, okay. One to expire. Is this okay? Okay, okay. Okay, uh, confirm. Yes, yes. Double confirm, chop. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm just quoting you. You just said this. Yes. But if you want to change, you can change this. Is this the final statement? Yes, yes. So I'm telling you. You don't need to expire the seeds. You just said this. Correct. And I just asked you, do you want to change? You said do one. Then I just told you your this idea that to want to expire the seeds is irrelevant. You don't need to. Correct. So but if I choose to expire I'm telling you, you don't need to expire. <laughs> Maybe it's ripened. He's trying yes, to it's already ripened. Ripen. It's already ripened already. Yeah. Correct. So when the guo, yi su guo, is it already result already come out already? 
already come out already. Okay, we have ripen seed. Ripen seed. Uh, ripen seed. So it's a cycle again, we'll go back again. Is it yeah. what you meant? Yeah, uh, we'll create another cycle. Create another cycle. cycle. Correct. The guo become the yin again. Uh, well, I'm trying to ask this question. Sorry, I, I, because I don't know how to ask question. No, you may not create another cycle. There is a no. potential. Correct, correct. Super is a potential. So it depends on your reaction, your intent. Depends on what you do. Then it's your actions. Correct, correct. So I want to totally. So hang on, one person, please. So. So through the first seven consciousness, then we plant all kinds of seeds. Yeah, technically the most active ingredient is number six, uh. Okay, as far as yoga chara is concerned, number six is the key active ingredient. Okay, number six, because this number six is the key one that you we can manage. So when it ripens, as whatever experience we have. Uh, this process here, this this process here, is determined by our state of mind. Are we in yes. understanding? Ah, yes, correct. So, uh, what we should be prevent, what we would want to do is plant unwholesome seeds. What we don't want is to plant unwholesome seeds. Mm. Understand? Uh, this is my question. Eh? But, but, but my this is a statement I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. There are few rare times where I tell people that in class that this is it. What you seem to be affixed with is, no, 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 Sifu. Like imagine if the red color is unwholesome, blue color is wholesome, okay? I'm trying to clarify my question. My question. My question of... So, uh, okay. So, I draw this. Does this describe correct, the question? Yes, yes. And can I assume that what you're trying to do is to do this? No, what my question okay, is... Answer me. Is this what you're trying to do? Put a cross here to cancel out the planting of new seeds. Is this what you're trying to do? Mm. Yes. Yes, right? Yes. Correct, huh? Uh, the next question no, is... Wait, wait. Okay, okay. Yes, right? Yes, yes. I'm telling you... I'm cancelling out your cross. I'm crossing out your cross. <laughs> Do you understand? No. Okay. Uh, my question is the guo become is it can be one can be become potentially the yin right that's what you have mentioned so oh, when, okay that that was what you asked right at the start and yes. I already explained yeah. that when you become the result yeah whether this results in planting of seed is not certain not certain whether so this is the guo right yeah this is the fruit, yeah. Then you have alaya with the seed, 
Correct. That's the cause. Yeah. Right? Correct. Right, you must answer that. Can yes. It. Yes, huh? Ah. Then, <laughs> with this, the, with the fruit, hmm. your question initially was, is, is this also the cause and then resulting in planting of seed as the as next, the fruit. The next one. Right? Yes. Correct. And I already answered right at the start. Yes. That whether this re- results in planting of seed is not certain. Correct, yes. I said that, right? Yes. Remember? Then I also said that even if we plant seeds, what kind of seeds being planted is not certain also. Not certain doesn't mean that we cannot control. Not certain in the sense that it depends on how you respond to the results here. Yes. If you re- respond with defilements, then you plant unwholesome seeds. If you respond with wisdom, with love and compassion, then you plant wholesome seeds. Yeah. Yes. But I disagree with you to suggest that you want to cancel this out. Then when I tell you don't cancel it, then you say, but what if I want? Uh, this is the part that I've got. Yeah. Ask, so I tell you, if you want to cancel this seed out, yes. depending on how you do it, the way your approach is, is similar to one of the white Tao in Buddha's time. Mm, okay. <laughs> so in other words, when the guo, guo ripens, then uh, we, if we, the goal ripens, then we do some action. Do some action. So this action, be it wholesome, Wait, unwholesome. Let me say it again. Yes. Using speech as an example. Yes. I don't say that you must always say something. I don't say that you must never say anything. Mm. I say you have to consider whether saying anything will be helpful. So sometimes, keeping quiet is the best thing, as I mentioned about the boss. But sometimes, if you can, and you find that there's a skillful way to say it, then saying something is is okay. And I highlighted Nobody Full Path, the third factor, right speech is not equals to no speech. Right speech not equals to no speech. That's why I disagree with cancelling it out. Especially if you want to practice the Bodhisattva path. Because if you look at the the Pansenjing, yeah, the Jataka. Uh, the, the Buddha spent so many, many lives uh, doing things with people, to people, whether as an animal or as a human being. Yeah. The, whole, the whole cultivation to attain Buddhahood is all about action, beneficial actions. Yeah. It's not about non-action. Now you may say, but what if I want to attain arahanhood? Then why should I do so much action? Can, but even arahanhood, arahan don't just don't do anything. <laughs> the only thing that they don't do is they don't respond with greed, hatred, and delusion. But for them, 
it is not that they, they, they've stopped themselves from reacting. It is that they have really cut off greed, hatred and delusion. So no matter how they react, it is without greed, hatred and delusion. That should be the correct way. But, but if there's nothing to react, why react? I already said just now, yes. there are different cases. Yes. Why do you keep on insisting that okay. all cases is requires... <laughs> huh? No, no, KS. You, you, this is a blind spot. Come, come, sit down. KS, you, you must know... You see, when we consider a case, uh, if you all don't mind, uh, give me two more minutes. When you consider a case, there's something called Venn Diagram. Yeah, I've already gone through all the possible outcome already. I already said there are cases where don't need to speak. No need to speak. Yeah, then everything outside of this means need to speak. So I I <laughs> I already highlighted that. Yeah, there are some cases where you really don't need to speak or speak but no use. So I recognize that. But you must also recognize that besides this circle here, there are a lot of other cases where, or maybe there are, maybe to be fair, maybe the diagram is like that, okay? No need and need. So, to, to be fair, in case I am self-deluded, uh, Throughout my explanation, I did cover these two cases, right? Yes or no? No, say no. Uh. In case I'm self-deluded, <laughs> I talk in my mind, but then I think I say it out. So I covered both cases already. Yes, understand this part? So I've covered both cases. This is my approach to almost everything in, since a long time ago. I always just consider all the possibilities. So, once we consider all possibilities and consider what to do for all cases, you, when, you, when you come out with the last final statement, what was your final statement? Your final statement was, uh, aren't there cases where you don't need to say anything, right? Uh, don't need to react. Don't need to react. Uh. Same lah. You're, now you're picking on words, splitting oh, okay. hairs. Okay. By saying that, what are you trying to imply? Uh, because it's really covered, ma. <laughs> no need to react. It's already covered. But by saying that, you're almost as though highlighting that, oh, but Sufu, you didn't cover this part. No, no. Then what are you trying to say? Uh, if, if nothing is done, there won't be anything will be come out again. That nothing will come out I again? I mean, in simple terms, uh, very simple one. If the, the thing comes out already, I don't react, he will not come out and I don't like, like for example, now you ask me, ask me some question, uh, ask, I ask some question, then you maybe ask some more back to me, I have to respond. So it will still continue, 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 and then it will still on cycle, cycle. But that's the whole point of having Q&A session, right? Uh, correct. So what I'm very technically so, saying... So wait, does it mean that next time you when you ask question, I just keep quiet? Ah, uh, then the thing will stop. Can yeah, I... Yeah la, but that, I'm not saying. I, I think can I? I just technically no, saying no, no. technically saying that, will that will be stopped, right? But the the point of living our life, the point ah, of is, 
Hang on. Okay. The power of cultivation is not simply to stop things. Ah, that's my point. But only technical, only technical. Yeah, no. technically, it's not to stop. Simply stop things from happening. Technically, it's not. Okay. Okay. Because, because whether Buddhist Buddhistata path, it's not. Arhan path also not. Sravaka path also not. Pachaka Buddha path yes. also not. So. The next text, what you uh, may I understand what you are trying to imply is that the reaction that we want to react or not react is depend on which path we are taking. Which, for example, we, if we are a Bodhisattva no. path, no, no. we are going to no, no, huh? no. I'm saying depend depending on the conditions. Sometimes there's no need to react. Sometimes there's a need to react. But you seem to imply that. But if you even if there's a need to react, what you seem to imply uh, is that. Even if there's a need to react, if I don't react, then it will end there, ma. That's what you are saying, you know. Uh, maybe we are the 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 thing we we mentioned is we a bit general, uh. So, I only specific thing that uh, asking is that uh, if the guo come out, we don't react, the guo will not continue; it will just die off, like. Correct, uh, But by reacting. Uh, wholesome, unwholesome, or whether it's a right, right approach, right or wrong. I'm not asking for this one. Okay. Ah, then don't do no yes. Okay, we we end here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 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 普愿罪障悉消除